After the Affair podcast with me, Luke Shillings, is here to help you process, decide, and move forward on purpose following infidelity. Together, we'll explore what's required to rebuild trust not only in yourself, but also with others. Whether you stay or leave, I can help. And no matter what your story, there will be something here for you. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of the After the Affair podcast with myself, Luke Shillings. Joining me today is Heather O'Connor. She's a remarkable divorce and custody attorney who turned her personal struggles into a catalyst for change within the legal system. Trust me, you'll want to pay close attention to Heather's journey. In this episode, Heather shares the challenges she faced as she navigated her way through the intricate web of divorce and custody battles. She shines a light on the often overlooked emotional toll that divorces can take on both individuals and their children. And let me tell you, it's not always easy. Heather's first-hand experience taught her invaluable lessons about trust, forgiveness and the power of self-validation. She's here to remind us that even in the midst of heartbreak, there is always hope for a brighter future. Heather's sincere and empathetic approach to her clients' journeys has transformed lives and legal outcomes alike. But as you'll hear, it wasn't always smooth sailing. Heather had to find the courage and determination to overcome her own personal trials. So if you're someone who knows what it's like to feel lost, to grapple with trust issues, or to face the reality of a failed marriage, then this episode is for you. Heather's story will inspire you to embrace change, prioritise your own happiness and emerge stronger and wiser on the other side. So without further hesitation, let's get straight into today's chat. Okay, Heather, well, thank you very much for joining us on the After the Affair podcast. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you. I'd, I'd love you to be able to sort of explain to the listeners who you are, a little bit about your personal journey, and maybe also if there's been any kind of key pivotal moments that have helped you get you where you are now. Sure. So I am a divorce and custody attorney in Massachusetts. So the reason I got into that was because of my own divorce. My marriage had gone downhill. I had three kids under the age of six at the time. And it just was not a good situation. And as I was going through it, what I noticed was that attorneys, you know, knew the law, they knew the legal jumbo, they knew the terms, what to say, they, they knew to tell you what you should or shouldn't agree to, but it was lacking this, this side, which I couldn't connect quite while I was going through it as to what was missing. And I was sitting speaking with one lady one day who had had a very similar situation to me. And she was like, my my attorney's good. They just don't get it. And it was that it that I had been feeling was desperately missing within the family law process. And it was the empathy, the understanding, it, it really the personal connection of understanding when you go through some sort of trauma where you have a relationship and it falls apart, you are angry on one hand, you know, especially where my relationship wasn't healthy. I was happy on another hand. 
I was devastated by the loss of everything I believed in. I was terrified of what that meant for me, what it meant for my children in our future. So there were all these different emotions that you're often experiencing all at once. And it left you in this emotional ball of wreckage where a lot of times it was very easy to self-destruct. And so what I saw was I wanted to do something and change something within the legal system. So when people were going through similar situations, we could get them to a point where they're not only coming out with a great legal legal result, but they're really doing something to start changing their life on a personal and almost a personal development outlook because you, you can't move forward until you've done that. You get so contained in everything you've been through that until you start either rebuilding boundaries, you know, accepting your responsibility for where things got to so you can change to start redoing habits so that you don't end up in the exact same situation you were in. And all of that is what really creates a good outcome. So I went back to school. I didn't have a college degree at the time. I did community college, undergrad, then law school. My kids basically went to school with me all the time. (laughs) And uh, in 2016, I finally took the you know opportunity to open my firm and we've had amazing success because that is the focus on our firm it's not just the legal result it's how do we fix everything behind the scenes amazing i, I love how you can take these these painful and unwanted situations in our lives and it's another fantastic example of being able to turn that take go from that place of adversity and really also see a problem within the system there's this almost like a gap in the market from a from almost like a business perspective as well but in terms of being able to to help people and you follow your own dreams and work like crazy by the sounds of it to achieve those goals (laughs) and um yeah absolutely um amazing you'd mentioned at one point in there that the the relationship was was not healthy but you also said that but but you were happy too so just whether I misheard that or not, just want to understand a little bit more about the dynamic. Well, it, it, it was more, it was more so nobody gets married to get divorced. You know, you get married and I think the majority of people commit. It might not be the best situation, but they're going to make the best of the situation. And so there were parts of my marriage that were good, you know, and that were happy and we were a family, but then there were parts, you know, that were very, very bad. My, my situation was riddled with domestic violence, you know, where both me, but my cutting point was when I found out it was also affecting my kids, you know, physically. So that was where I drew the line where it was like, if it was happening to me as, as a mother wanting to keep my family together, I was willing to put up with that. You know, I'm sure there would have been a point where it was no more, but it was really after I found out that my kids were being, you know, abused as well, that I said, I'm I'm filing, like it's over. So that that's kind of where. Yeah. So with not not just your situation, but with many of the people that you work with as well and and the the situations that you, you see, how does somebody in an unhealthy relationship regardless of exactly what that looks like but Mm -hmm. maybe it's been sort of recognized to themselves that it is unhealthy for either poor boundary setting maybe there is some kind of abuse whether it be emotional or otherwise but of course this is a a spectrum there's a there's a a wide range of from healthy to unhealthy and you know there's some that are very easy to to identify and some less so Mm -hmm. so for people in a relationship where they maybe 
you know, there are parts of it that do feel good and seem good. And there is, you know, it, it paints this picture, this idea of maybe what they thought marriage in a long-term relationship looks like. But there's also this other clear part that, that's sort of digging away. How do you help people see and what are the most critical factors to take into account when considering ending the relationship and maybe, you know, being proactive, particularly from the the, the, the woman's point of view, their perspective, because that's actually quite a, a brave and societally less expected thing for people to do. And I don't agree with that at all. But in terms of what people's expectations are, unfortunately, I think that is still true to some extent in the Western world, at least. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there, there's two different things here, because one, I'm an attorney, I'm a divorce attorney. And I do often get the question, when, how do I know when is the time to get divorced? And as an attorney, I can't answer that. You know, that, that is not my spectrum. It's not my place, you know, so there's that. So pushing that aside, you know, and coming from more of a personal opinion and not a legal where yes. now I'm sharing my opinion and not, you know, my legal <laughs> opinion. That, that's fine. That's, I'll make that very, that's very clear. I understand. So again, just to clarify for everybody. <laughs> so nobody can be like, well, the divorce attorney told me to get yeah, divorced. Yeah, she said that. She, <laughs> no, no, I completely, I, I totally understand. And, and I appreciate it. But, but I think it, it depends. I think people can come back from even the worst situations. If both people are on the same page, willing to put in the work, willing to put aside the hurt, you know, not that you just forgive and forget, but willing to really make a difference and put that other person as their priority in their life again, because at some point that has fallen apart. If that can happen, I think marriage can still work, you know, and, and that's the question that I get on the legal side is how do I make it work? And I'm like, go talk to your therapist, <laughs> you know, but as a personal opinion, that's what I think. What I see too often is one person is willing to put in the work. They want to change things. They want to be the one, you know, they, and they want the other person to do it, but that other person either isn't willing to, isn't able to, isn't healthy enough to be able to do it, but doesn't want to do the work to change themselves. And when you can't, you know, you cannot change anyone else but yourself. So if that other person is not on the same page, is not putting in the work, is not putting in the effort, that then you know you're it's a waiting game how how long are you going to wait to stay in a situation and one other thing you know i hear a lot of people say i want to stay for the kids and i get it because i did the same thing you know i i wanted my kids to have that two parent relationship where you do things together and you celebrate holidays together but is that a good um role model for your children to be in an unhealthy, unhealthy relationship and take away, you know, cheating, take away domestic violence, take away the really unhealthy things, even just an unhappy marriage where you don't respect each other. Is that what you want to model for your children as the ideal that they're going to grow up and repeat? And that's part of the equation. And I think, you know, I've looked through your things. I think you do an excellent job and you've been able to help a lot of people. And I agree with a lot of the things you say, because when you're thinking about those things, it's not, it's not just talking, you know, anybody can talk, you can talk to a stranger at a coffee shop, but when you're really making progress, you want to be in a safe scenario, but you want somebody who makes you uncomfortable and pushes you to really challenge, you know, your beliefs and what you think. 
Because if you just keep doing the same things you've been doing, you never change. And in any situation, the only person you can change is you. And, you know, this is one of the things getting back into the legal side of it. As a lawyer, the, we get the best results for people who start that internal change at the very beginning of the process because everything in their life starts to change. Even how the other person responds to them starts to change. So it might not change that person, but it does change their situation. And it just creates a much better, you know, both legally and personally, a better situation all the way across the board. Yeah, exactly. And I think I I see the same. So the majority of people I work with are trying to save their relationship. That's often often the case. And whether that they be the betrayed or the unfaithful, um, as you you know, working specifically with, with betrayal. We'll be right back in just a moment. Are you feeling lost and confused after infidelity? Introducing the On Purpose Coaching Programme, the path to transforming your pain into empowerment by taking back control. The On Purpose Coaching Programme is specifically designed to help you go from feeling paralysed by betrayal to feeling empowered and secure in your relationships. As someone who has already walked this journey, I understand your struggles and provide a customised coaching experience tailored to your unique situation. Don't let betrayal define you. Take control of your life and regain your confidence. Visit lifecoachluke.com today to learn more about the transformative on-purpose coaching programme. Plus, you can book a Let's Talk discovery call to explore how I can support you personally. And don't forget to subscribe to receive the latest relationship tips and tricks in your email box once a week. Take the first step towards a stronger, more empowered you. Visit lifecoachluke.com today and unlock your true potential. Let's get back to the show. That at least one partner in this case is actively wanting to to solve the problem. And and, and of course, they're wanting the other person to come along that journey with them. And that isn't always reciprocated, at least not in the way that they they want. They might prepare to take one step or two steps, but they're not prepared to take the five or 10 steps that, that, that they're willing to. But there are also examples where maybe the, the the experience infidelity was actually in a previous relationship or it was from, mm-hmm. from some time ago and they have now come to a point where they've, they've embarked on this journey of self-discovery this 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 awareness the the understanding themselves in a way that they had never done before being able to make take much more responsibility for themselves and make much more intentional decisions and had they the the off the common reflection is had I have understood this and known this now, I would have approached the separation, the divorce, the the split mm-hmm. up, the how we dealt with the kids in such a different way. So, because you're dealing primarily with that decision of divorce already has been made. Yep. So, in terms of there's obviously there's there's the legal element, but in terms of your your role within your your business your your firm and how do you support and look after your clients beyond that decision making process and how does that differ from what you experienced when you went through it yourself 
Yeah, I think for me, I, I had to do the journey. You know, there was nobody showing me a new way to think or pointing me in that direction or saying, you know, go see a coach, go see a therapist. It was, well, let's just get you out of this legal issue that you have and get you the best result that we can, or at least what they think is the best result for you. And um, there's like three things that I want to say, but I'm trying to like pick all. the best one. <laughs> <laughs> basically the hardest part, you know, as a practitioner and somebody who is helping somebody through a divorce is you see oftentimes if there's, you know, it, it, let's go with cheating because I know that's, mm -hmm. that's your main thing. When you see that there becomes a huge distrust in everyone that's around them. And we also see that, you know, that comes into play on us where if there's any sort of decision they need to make, it starts, well, how do I know you're on my side. How do I know that you're not actually working behind the scenes to make it better over here? And that can be a very difficult, you know, scenario to represent because our goal is to get the divorce moving forward. And that's why we start pointing somebody in the direction. Okay. There's definitely some issues here that you need to get through so we can do our job. So I think on a practitioner level, that's where we see it. Or the other, the other place where we see it is just that anger you know, that anger and the resentment, and that can be on both sides. You know, it can be a wife who's cheated on her husband. It could be a husband who's cheated on her wife. And that divorce come becomes about revenge. And that's never what you want your divorce to be about. You know, it, it might give you that immediate satisfaction of screw you. You know, I'm going to make this hard for you. You don't, you don't get to just ruin my family and walk away. And maybe on a personal level, you have to go through something like that, but do it with a coach, do it with a therapist. Don't do it in the divorce process because it just makes things more expensive. It makes things harder. You know, you, there's a lot of times, um, and it's really interesting because I just posted on social media. So my husband and I just spent the day with his ex-wife, her boyfriend, and, you know, my husband and his ex-wife's kids. And it was great. And it was a long time in the making, but it was an absolutely amazing day. And I posted about it. And then I started seeing messages from some of my old clients who had horrible divorces. And they were like, it's taken years, but we've finally been able to get to that point. So if you can minimize the anger within the actual divorce process, and again, you can't make the other side do it. So you know, you can only control you. But if you can minimize that anger and the resentment throughout the process, you might be able to reach that point sooner where it's a good situation for everybody, you know, not not just that that contentiousness within the divorce. That's so true. And I think regardless of the, the, the reason for the breakdown in the relationship, it's so easy to blame and put everything external and display it through anger and the idea of revenge. And, and, it, and it feels right in the moment it's like i'm hurting you should be hurting too in fact you should be hurting right. more than i am because the only reason mm -hmm. i'm hurting is because of you that that's right. that's how it feels you know mm -hmm. and i suppose to some loose extent that is true subjectively depending on the situation but generally speaking how we feel is well within our control and we can choose to either hang on to that anger we can hang on to that resentment that bitterness and ultimately keep blaming mm -hmm. but then we're leaving ourselves permanently in that state and then we're right. making decisions from that place and mm -hmm. like you say going through something like a divorce which is a stressful experience even if it goes smoothly you know even if all the 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 t's are crossed and the 
the the eyes are dotted so to speak that it's still uh you know a less than desirable experience because like you say people at least i believe and from everybody that i know personally and i've spoken with who have who have gotten married they got married with the intention of remaining married they didn't, they didn't get right. married with the intention of getting divorced that was never you know all it did it opened the door to the possibility of divorce but it was never that intention and to 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 hang on to that and drag that through the rest of your life and not just the divorce process i think is 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 very dangerous and but but it's done and without that sort of guidance and support or even the acknowledge even to know that it even exists because mm-hmm. you're looking at everybody else you're looking at what other people have done you're looking at what your mates say and your friends and your family oh yeah screw him you know take him for everything he's got you know all this kind of and and, it, and this happens on both sides of course right. and it's it's meant well but ultimately we feel it's about what we're feeling and it's whether it's pleasant or not and is if we want to be in a state of constant discomfort and that's where we actually want to spend our time of which nobody does of course then by hanging on to that anger and that resentment and and you know restricting the opportunity for forgiveness and and, and things like that really keeps you stuck so bringing back to when you made this change you know you you had gone gone through the divorce process yourself you decided that you wanted to to make an impact yourself and you like you say you had three children under the age of six and at that point required all of the qualifications and things that were necessary to fulfill your dream where did you find the courage the the oomph the the everything that was required to to do that at that i mean i've got i've got two children they're currently six and ten and they were three and six ish when when i got divorced and it's a hard work mm-hmm. you know even you know even when it's split across two parents you know and to to do that in, independently took something and uh, sorry i'd love to know Sure. So I think when I initially made the decision, it was, I I was a little under the impression that every attorney was rich. I found out later that just is not true. Like I've been very, very successful, but I was hanging my hat on the wrong peg there. (laughs) However, I, I saw something that needed to be changed and I saw something that I thought I would really enjoy. And I said to my attorney, you know, it was a point I didn't have any money. Like we, we didn't have a lot. I had, like I said, nothing but a high school diploma. Um, at that point, the economy had really taken a turn. Everything was down. And I looked at it as I could spend the next, you know, seven to 15 years of my life struggling to be able to achieve a goal that I think will put me in a better position, be able to put my kids in a better position or I can bartend and probably struggle for the rest of my life, not improving myself just so I can make ends meet. And I remember looking at my attorney, he said, Heather, you know, you've got three little kids. You have an ex who doesn't like to pay child support. How, what are you going to do? And I looked at him and I don't know if you've seen Legally Blonde, but it was one of those moments where I was like, well, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to become an attorney and I'm going to open my firm and I'm going to change divorce. 
And he was like, uh, yeah. Um, so really like, what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> and I was like, no, that that's what I'm going to do. And then you could see the realization sink into his face as he realized I was not just joking. And, um, and he said, do you, do you have any idea what you're getting yourself into? And again, I was like, nope, but I will figure it out. <laughs> so did you, did you feel like you were, I mean, not necessarily then, but, but even now looking back on reflection, did you feel like you were reacting to the situation you, as in, was there was there an element of like um, sure the right word i don't want to say blind ignorance but almost like naivety in the sense that it's like yeah i'm I'm, I'm not sure exactly I i was very ignorant to how much work it would be and i say now had i known how much work it was going to be I might not have done it, <laughs> but I'm very glad I was ignorant. <laughs> and you know, and that's how I went through it of I'm gonna have to figure this out. But I also was very aware of the fact kids get sick, school gets canceled. You know, I had to plan far in advance where my classmates had, you know, the the ability that if there was a snow day, they they could take the day off. I always had to be on and had to be overprepared as well as the fact I didn't have money. I couldn't pay for school. So I knew I needed scholarships. I needed straight A's. I needed perfect scores. I needed to do everything I could to put myself in the best situation. And I didn't take a second of that for granted. You know, there were many, many sleepless nights. There was one year where my son got me Red Bull for Mother's Day because he's he was like, you need some energy. <laughs> you know, the, it was... It was definitely a sacrifice and there were, there were definitely things, you know, I've had this conversation now, my kids are all grown adults of, you know, a lot of times they felt like I was putting them on the back burner. And that's very hard for me to even deal with to this day, even though I do believe it was the right decision for a lot of reasons to, to hear your kids say, you know, we, we felt like school was more important. We felt like you chasing a dream was more important than us. That was hard. But if I wasn't chasing that dream, I would have been working 60, 70 hours a week as a bartender, you know, scraping by. And it still would have been the same situation. It just wouldn't have got me the result that it finally got me, you know, when after all the hard work was put in. And I say that tongue in cheek because I'm still putting in the hard work. Of course. But then I also think a, a huge push for me was. So we we had moved to an area that is pretty very poor for from where we live. You know, it's an area that's known for having multifamily houses, for having people who are very very low income. And my kids went to public school. And this was while I was going through the process and my daughter um where we were was heavily Portuguese speaking. And so they told my daughter who I think at that point she was in like 6th grade, 5th or 6th grade and they said, well, you need to take Portuguese as a foreign language because you're from here. People who are from here don't leave. Like basically you're stuck because of where you're from. And she wanted to take Mandarin because she was like, I want, that's the, that's the most spoken language in the world. Like I want to do something that is going to help me move forward in my future. And they were like, no, you have to take Portuguese. And she came home and she was really upset telling me the story. But she said, you know, my teacher looked at me and said, you can't do this. And she stood up and she goes, Mom, I looked at that teacher and I looked around the room and everybody was looking at me. And I said, 
Don't you dare tell me or anyone else in this room that you can't be something in life because of where you are. Because I see my mom get up and go to school every day to be a lawyer. And that's what she's going to do, even though we don't have anything. So don't you put us down. I will tell you that invigorated me and every hard moment where I struggled with, am I doing the right thing? I thought of that. And this is another thing because I've now brought this conversation up to my daughter who's like, oh, I kind of remember that. But for her, it wasn't a big deal. For me, that was my push. And every time I was like, I can't do it, I would think of that moment and think of the, the responsibility really I had to show people you are not stuck. And that's how I use my story now of where I've come from and where I am and where I'm going, that nobody is stuck if they don't want to be. All they have to do is put in the hard work, put in the dedication, and you do have to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that's amazing. And I can, I can completely understand how, what an impact that must have had for you. And, and to really fuel that, that drive to continue that, that sort of almost... Almost, almost sort of like self-validation in a way, that confirmation that, that this is the path that I've chosen, this is the path I'm taking, and and I have my, I have my own back as mm-hmm. a result. And we mentioned earlier that that people can often stay in relationships for the wrong reasons, and one of those reasons being the children. It's like oh, it's because they don't want to cause like unnecessary disruption to homes or all the things that come that come with it the the difficult conversations that need to be had to understand why mummy and daddy aren't you know uh, together anymore and and, I, and of course i completely understand that it's it's a scary and frightening thing to to have to deal with and plus there's also the the, the dream and the belief that you know you got married you got with your partner you had children it was happy ever after that that was what you believed and having that belief system and that dream sort of like stripped away bit by bit is you know not something that anybody really wants to face up to but then after that there's the the point where you do separate and you now are in some kind of co-parenting type dynamic and I've said this before on the, the podcast but one of the things that that I really recognized for myself was to begin with, I was focusing on the kids. Like they were my driving force, which was really useful. It was like a useful stepping tone stone. It was almost like a, just something I could concentrate and focus on for a period of time whilst I was going through that initial healing stage. But then I realized that for me to provide for my children in every sense not just financially but emotionally to be there for them to support them to encourage them to to enjoy them and and embrace everything they have to offer that I realized putting myself at the top of that pile myself first by choosing myself then they get to benefit anyway and everybody else benefits accordingly. And my life has changed significantly as a result of probably that one particular, I mean, I'm sure there's been many shifts, but that one particular shift I, I always come back to, it's like, oh, hang on. It is not about making it right for everybody else. It's not living in that eternal people-pleasing brain of mine yeah. where I just want to try and make things better for people. No, this is this is about me. And then everybody else gets the best of me anyway. So it's like a win-win situation. And so I could see how that would play true in in your situation as well. Yeah. Um, And I think just to add to that, because I think that is so vital 
not only for people who are coming out of relationships, but for anybody at any point in their life. You know, it's something that I, even within my firm, I preach of what the areas that we deal with are extremely emotional, extremely stressful. And as an attorney, of course, I want everyone working because I do like a profit. You know, we want to be a profitable business. But there's only so much you can give. And unless you are, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you're happy, where you're healthy, you're going to burn out, you're going to get run down, and you're going to have to quit, you know, and that's not the right situation. And I see this a lot in, you know, I'll speak specifically for moms, because that was my experience, is you see, you know, you have children, and your children become your life, they become your everything. And I think in a lot of ways, that's great. You know, you, they have to be your priority, they need, you know, they need the, the, the raising and the role modeling and the being there and being involved. But I think so many people get so, um, so mixed up in that, where that's all it becomes. And they often lose sight of the relationship. You know, they're too tired to deal with that relationship. And I'm not even saying on a negative, you know, where they're they're purposely doing anything. It's hard. You know, it's very, very hard to raise children. And it's easy for, you know, something you're not necessarily prioritizing to, to go by the wayside. That could be your spouse. That could be you. And I think life is all about balance. And it's when you can find that balance, that's, that's the best thing you can give your kids is showing them that you're happy, that you, regardless of the situation, because again, you cannot control the things that happen to you. You can't control whether you get laid off from your job, whether your spouse gets fired, you know, you can't control all those things, but you can control how you react to them and how you move forward from them. But without that balance, it's it's next to impossible yeah absolutely and i think the 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 priority thing is an important one because you're right there's a there's a certain capacity that we all have to deal with any given situation there are only so many hours in the day and there are only so many things that we can do and we can some people can define themselves as as busy um but that's completely subjective because i know i know people who you know, there've been times in my life where I thought I was busy and I then meet people who have got seven kids and working a full-time job. And then I think, well, my, my, my life is, doesn't even come close to busy <laughs> in comparison to that. And I, and I, and I think it's, there is the definite difference between generally speaking, of course, as with everything, there's exceptions, of course, but when, when we look at the role of the mother, versus the traditional role of the mother versus the traditional role of the father let's say just for, for the sake of keeping it simple it's so common or at least it it's see seems to me to be so common that the the mother will obviously pay a huge amount of attention to the children and for good reason and and do all of the things that that are required but that does mean the priority is with the children and by definition that means the priority around the relationship, the marriage, the husband, and other things, not, not just those, but other things, they start to take a, a, a side. And okay, for a period of time, that's acceptable and that's fine and it's expected. But when this go, this, this, what starts out as a few months becomes a few years, which eventually becomes decades. And then well, let's even just say it, it's the 18 years, it's the point where your kids grow up and start to 
to to move out and form their own adult lives and you know live separately and go off to college and do all the things and then the mother is so often left in a position of like well who am i mm-hmm. i've played this role for the last 10 20 years or so and i've focused all my attention on that because that was the most important thing to me and now i'm coming out the other side of that and what do i do i don't know the person i'm living with anymore you know mm-hmm. we we've, we've sort of we functioned as co-parents in fact that's kind of who we've been we've been co-parents we've kind of forgotten who we were we've forgotten that person that we fell in love with to some extent and this is in this is even in what we could generally speaking consider healthy relationships and obviously i'm talking mm-hmm. to you as a human being here not right. as a not as a right. lawyer or anything like that it's this is this it's i'd be interested to hear how that resonates with you whether that's something that you have experienced or whether it's something that you see amongst the people that you have worked with yeah and i think you know to to jump in my own personal experience because i like sharing that better than other people's i will share other people's but i feel like they should share their own um for me i remember you know after i went through my divorce i did a couple years of therapy where it was it was really rebuilding myself and i remember her sitting down and saying all right, let's figure out what you like. And it was the question, what's your favorite kind of pizza? And I sat there and I was like, I don't know, because normally it's what does everybody want? And then I'll just eat that. And it, it to me, it was one of those moments where I realized how much work I hadn't done on myself, you know, where that I didn't even know something as simple as my favorite type of pizza, you know, because everything had become about what, what does everybody else need? Let me take care of those needs. And, you know, I'll figure, I'll figure myself out later. And that's seen seen as amazing from everybody's perspective as well, as in like from external, you know, it's, it's perceived like, oh, wow, what an amazing mom. She's like so caring and so attentive and so, so loving and thoughtful and, and everything like perfect in, in some ways. It's like in, sort of molded in that way in, in some shape or form. But actually, that's all you're doing is you're being that thing for everybody else. Yeah, you give up you give up a lot of yourself. And I think a lot of times people do it naturally. You know, it's the same thing when somebody goes to work, they give up so much of themselves that, you know, and I'm, I, I will admit I'm a workaholic, (laughs) you know, I, I love to work, you know, it, it drives me to see progress, to see things growing, to hear good stories coming from people. I love that. And for me, it's very hard. Balance still is very, very difficult for me to the point where my my husband's youngest daughter came in the office one night and she's like, um, Heather, are you um, are you going to divorce my dad and marry your computer? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, all right, time to shut it down. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> but again, you know, it, it's balance. It's the same thing with being healthy. You know, you can diet and you can work out like crazy and you can drop a hundred pounds, but if you don't maintain that balance, you're going to go right back into where you are. And I think it's often, you know, I, I do see the tendencies of giving up myself through my relationship. Now I give up a lot of myself through work. That's something that I struggle with, you know, because when I'm in, I am all in and it's very hard for me to pull back. So that balance in life, I think, is what makes 
a healthy lifestyle and not just one area, a good thing, but it's something, you know, I still see to this day. And I think, I mean, just the recognizing those, those traits, those characteristics of, of yourself and not using that against you. It's like acknowledging mm -hmm. that this is who I am. This is how I function. This is how I work, but recognizing the impacts that that can have, even if occasionally it does take someone else just to remind you on, you know, just to sort of bring it back to the top of the, the agenda. And I, you know, we're all guilty of that without shadow of a doubt. We, you know, me, me, myself, I focus obviously quite heavily on, on my work and helping my clients and, and doing what I can to, to support people in any way that I can. But of course I also have a family and two children and, you know, and, and, people that, that need and want me and also people that I want and need as well you know it's, it's it's two ways it's not there's no there's no like one one way traffic I think that's when I think about the balance for me that's the the key the key element is that I'm, I'm balancing both my desire and wants and needs with mm -hmm that of the people that I care about and value who, who and obviously I take full responsibility for myself and I expect the people around me to do the same for them including my children to some extent I mean I know they're only young but but just starting to to encourage and and so they don't grow up in expecting or, or, or blaming the world blaming the circumstances for their misfortune or that their discomfort or whatever, whatever that looks like so Lastly, as for somebody who's been on this journey of victim to victor or survivor to victor, something to, to that effect, what would be one message that you would like to pass on to someone who was in the situation that you were in years ago? I think acknowledging the fact that it's hard, acknowledging the fact that you don't have to be the person wearing the cape at all times. You know, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to have to, you know, kind of get out the hurt, but you have to be able to move forward. You can't hang on to that. You can't let that fester inside of you because all that's going to do is hurt you, you know, and I'll say it. I don't know if my ex's family will watch this or whatever, but you know, <laughs> after our divorce, things didn't suddenly get better. Our, our relationship was extremely contentious. You know, there was constant fighting over the kids because he wanted them to come live with him. So he was constantly undermining me. There was a lot of things wrong. And even to this day, my ex's side of the family, I think often takes the stance of it's us against them instead of just, you know, it's two families that couldn't work out together, but we still have these kids. And it created a lot of conflict that I think over the years didn't necessarily need to be there. But I actually thank my ex at this point for putting me through a lot of the crap that I had to go through because it wouldn't have given me the same viewpoint that I have now to be able to do what I do. So my ex's life is very, very different than mine now. And sometimes, you know, I do a little bit of the, <laughs> <laughs> look, look who worked it out. <laughs> and so, you know, you can, you can go, just let it go. Your future will be so much better if you don't hang on to it and you just focus on how you can make yourself better instead of trying to fight with the other person or change what they are and who they are. 
because you, you can't change a jerk. You know, you, you just can't do it. So I think that's probably the one thing I'd say is the sooner you can start changing it in you, the better off your future is going to be. Never a truer word. You can't change a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, but you, you're right. The point, the point is whether that is, is true or not is the reality is we can't control the other person full stop. That's it. Mm -hmm. We can inf loosely influence at best. But to be honest, it's not worth the effort most of the time. It's just focus on what on the things that you can control, which is you and how you react to any given situation. So, so it's been absolutely inspirational to hear your story and learn a bit more about you. And, and I'm, I'm, I've no doubt that people will find this extremely both entertaining and valuable in, in, in all the ways. So with regards to your law firm, obviously you're based in Massachusetts. Um, obviously I'm in the UK and I have listeners globally of course so what realm of or what sort of geographical area do you work with is it specifically in your local area is or how far do you expand yeah so um attorneys over here are licensed per state so we're licensed yeah. in Massachusetts and Rhode Island but we really focus solely in Massachusetts pretty much anywhere where we're very very tiny little state over here. Um, so we, it's like two hour drive from between the counties that we, we represent in. But um, I've been told that our TikTok is pretty entertaining. Uh, well, I would, I've actually looked at it myself and I would agree. So, <laughs> so I think, you know, even if it's something that the reason that I, I love social media and I love putting the effort into the content there. Yes, of course, it's a marketing tool. But it's a way to be able to get a message out to so many more people, people that I know will never be able to hire us, you know, whether it's because they can't afford it or they're just not in Massachusetts and there's no way that we could ever help them. But sometimes hearing somebody's other story or hearing a different way somebody says something can make such an impactful change that it doesn't matter. And it's one of the things I love about programs like this. I love about social media is your, your audience is so broad and you can help so many more people just by putting out one piece of content or on TikTok, like 20,000 pieces of content. <laughs> and, um, you know, they can watch that whenever they want. And yeah. I try to be entertaining. I try to be informative. You know, we try to do a little bit of everything because I find it really fun. And I think it's a great way to help people move forward past a really crappy situation. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'll pop all the details in the show notes, but what is your TikTok handle? Um, O'Connor Family Law, all one word. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you ever so much, Heather. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I've best. enjoyed it. Excellent. So thank you. Welcome. I think Heather's story is a testament to the power and determination of hard work despite facing financial constraints and being a single parent. She embarked on a journey to fulfill her dream of becoming an attorney. She wanted to create a better future for herself and for her children and also for those who have experienced a similar situation to hers. So if you find yourself going through a divorce or a difficult time in your relationship where you are facing potential separation or you know somebody who is, remember the importance of seeking guidance and prioritising that personal growth that we speak about so often letting go of those negative emotions and take Heather's story as a beacon of hope, showing that it really is possible to rebuild your life and find happiness even after a challenging experience like divorce. Once again, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you all here. 
with me today as we've followed Heather's journey and I can't wait to speak to you all again next time.